0: School's about to start. Nobody's excited about that. (laughs) That was a mom who yelled. (laughs) School's about to start. When I got to school and began just the first couple days, whether it was high school or or even in college, I wanted to know, like, what's the syllabus? Like, what am I going to have to do this semester to get through? And once the teacher started teaching, I wanted to know what's on the test. Like, how can I pass this class with the least amount of effort possible? I mean, let's just be honest, you're with me, right? Unless you just loved, this morning we were driving in and my son and I were talking, uh, Charlie and I were talking. He was asking me about like, what was the highest level of math I took? And I took calculus and he was like, why did you do that? And I'm like, I use it a ton as a pastor. And he's like, why did you take calculus? And I said, I had no idea why I took calculus. It's just what they told me my class was gonna be. And I took it and it was awful. Like now some of you you are engineers and it comes in handy, I think, I don't know. I've never met anybody who's used calculus, but somebody's gonna email me and tell me how important it is (laughs) to our salvation and our way of life in the world. But for me, I just wanted to know what's on the test. Help me get through Uh, my calculus teacher one time. Oh, my gosh. This is the problem when I get up and start talking is I chase rabbits. My calculus teacher one time he uh, we were taking a test and he said, I'm going to leave I'm going to leave the room and he left on the desk. He said, when you're done with your test, just turn it in here on top of the answer key. And he left the room and he came back five minutes before the end of class. And he said oh by the way this is the answer key for the next period class it's not for your class and all of a sudden you saw erasers like in the room like all across it was awesome anyway that has nothing to do with it so what's on the test like what's on the 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 test of life like what do we need to know what do we need to do to to walk with god how do how do we enjoy a life um that honors god I think that's a question that is important for us to wrestle with. And in the Old Testament, we find a passage of scripture that guides us and directs us. And it says this, um, and it's in the context of like sacrifices and, and killing animals and all this stuff. And he says, no, this is what the Lord has told you. This is what's good. This is what it means to walk with God and to honor God. This is what he requires of you. Here it is. This is such a baseline for us and I think important for us and it guides our missions as a church and so I think it's important that we wrestle individually with it. Here it is. It's simple. Do what is right, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. Now, come on. Do the right thing, no matter who's looking, no matter who's watching, do the right thing, love mercy, and mercy is... um, withholding something out of compassion that you could inflict on someone else. That's mercy. Does that make sense? So you're withholding it. You're, you're choosing to, um, out of compassion, love someone else rather than seek revenge or say what you could have said. Or So do what is right, love mercy, be a person of mercy, and walk humbly with God. Now, so... If, if our world used this as a guide today, how different would our experience be? Not night and day. To the world that we live, to the world that we're experiencing right now, if people use just this, do the right thing no matter who's, who's watching, um, love mercy, be a person of mercy who, who will, out of compassion, withhold what you could do or say, and, and, and walk humbly. Like, don't walk with an air that you know everything. Like, walk humbly. I, I think our experience in the world would, would be radically different. And here's the challenge, is that we hear things like this and if you're like me, your mind automatically gravitates towards those that you want to do this. <laughs> if only he was here today. Matt, everyone needs to hear this message, especially them, right? But it's for us. The, the way the world changes is not by magically transforming or altering someone else, it's being committed to the very things that you wanna see in the world. And for us as a church, we say this every week, we're a community, we're following Jesus and we're learning to love. And that's what this is. That's what it means to love, is to, to be someone full of compassion that chooses, consciously chooses to withhold what you could say or do to other people out of love. But that's what we want to learn to do, and that's what our missional approach is. Um, that's how we're, we're walking out um, what we want. So a couple quick questions, and then I want to walk you through just some missional pieces. here. Here, And this is for your takeaway. Like as you walk out of here, these are some things I'd love for you to wrestle with, I, I'm going to wrestle with, is where in my life do I need to do the next right thing? And the obvious answer is, every part of my life, absolutely, but be specific. Where in your life do you need to make a conscious decision to do the next right thing and be proactive about it? Number two, are you committed to living a life of mercy when it comes to the people you encounter? Or do you want to, to make sure they know what you think, believe that if they make a mistake, you're going to force it, you know, Like, so are you committed to living that life of mercy? And then is my attitude, is the way that I'm walking through life one full of humility or is it one of pride? And uh, like, I have the answers. If only everyone lived like me, it would be a much better world. I mean, I don't know if you think like that. Every now and then I'm like, man, if people just saw perfectly like I see perfectly, then the world would, would fit together, but that's not a humble attitude, like, like in humility, you know, considering other people better than yourself, those, those sorts of things. So our mission strategy is about putting us in the places and opportunities to do these very things. It's to, to learn how do, we, how do we walk humbly in the world in which we live? How do we be proactive about our, our, our mercy? Um, how do we do the next right thing when, when we see injustice or when we see poverty or when we see a need in the world? Like, what's the next right thing for us as, as people and as a church and as a community? And um, so this summer, we had a number of things going on. Uh, two that we just want to give you a quick glimpse of with a video. Um, number one, Track Camp. Yeah, yeah, super exciting. <laughs> track Camp is a camp that we. Uh, volunteers from here host uh, foster children, teenagers to be specific, in uh, the valley who might not otherwise have a chance to have a summer camp experience. And it takes a lot of volunteers, about 60 volunteers. It's an incredible week. Those kids will never forget. And um, for the last eight to 10 years, we've been going to the Dominican Republic. And it's just another great experience to, yeah, come on. All right. Um, That's it. So Dominican Republic is another opportunity for us to step in a place in a space where God's already at work. We're just stepping in to do the next right thing to walk alongside them. So here's a quick video to show you uh, a couple of the things that happened this summer in our missional focus. So good. Um, Ryan Chasen, this is our, uh, yeah. Missions pastor extraordinaire, leading a lot of these trips and really working with our volunteer teams to lead the trips. Uh, there's no one of us that could do anything like this. But, I, and I see some volunteers. Hey, if you volunteer, or if you went to uh, Dominican first, just lift your hand up just a little bit so we can see. I know there's some here from around there yeah thank you thank you and if you were a part of track camp in any way uh, will you lift your hand up track camp volunteers so awesome so good so Ryan uh, just the the picture that I just can't get over from the Dominican is that you tore someone's house down and I didn't quite understand that idea as a mission project
1: yeah so we 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 went down there thinking that we were Digging latrines, yeah. And um, so we went to this house thinking we were going to put a latrine in, and they said, "Hey, we need you to take this house down." I'm like, well, okay. Um, and so the house itself was, I mean, just a, a little bit bigger than this small stage. And four people lived there, and we had to knock it down, and then they were going to rebuild and start building up. And so, like, the lady who owns the house has she was like in her sixties, lived there her whole life. She was born in that house dirt floor, I mean, crazy. And so to be able to participate in helping her finally have a house of like a safe house in some yeah. capacity was, was really
0: yeah. neat. So that, that, uh, the, the beginning of the video where they're uh, digging the footers, they were d- digging the footers yeah. for that house. And then it was going to be block wall part way up yep. and then wood and, and tin the rest mm-hmm. of the way. Um, we've got two more years with the Dominican, mm-hmm. with our partnership there in the Dominican and, um, there's some great ways that you can get connected to that if you'd like to. But that's kind of our our end game is to hand the baton to them as a community. And then they they really are self-sustaining. And that's what we want to be is about um, community development where they're not dependent upon us, but rather we just walk alongside them for a season to maybe help them a little bit down the road. Does that make sense? So I love that strategy, that thought, and we're simply joining with what God is already doing there. We're not bringing God to them. God is there as much as he is here. Does that make sense? Okay, and then track camp, incredible. You got a story from track camp? Something?
1: Yeah, I man, yeah, incredible. It was, it was so, so unbelievable. Um, the, the way that it works out, the first part of the week is girls camp, second part of the week is guys camp um and just those kids like hearing some of the stories of the things that they've gone through um I mean at most 15 years is just gut-wrenching and I remember sitting across the table from a kid and he was telling me his story and um like at one point he was saying that when he was nine he was running drugs for his dad like to school and was brought into like like into the gang life and stuff at nine years old, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, I have an eight year old, and I can't even process. Like, I, I, I just can't physically process what they've dealt with. And um, but at the end of that conversation, he just he just said he over and over he was like. And so today, I just try to be a better person today than I was yesterday. And I'm yeah. like, dude, that is incredible.
0: Yeah, to do the right uh, thing.
1: Yeah, to yeah, do yeah. the right thing. Yeah. And it was, it was, I told him, I was like, it's just one choice at a time, right? He's like, one choice, one day at a time. I just want to be better. And i like, love it.
0: For many of the foster kids uh, that we have an opportunity to, to be with and walk with, um, we'll never know how one conversation... Mm-hmm or one act of service could change the, the entire trajectory of their life. And I know many times we think, um, how, how could just spending three days with foster kids make any difference? Let me tell you, it does. Because they, in many ways, have not had um, supportive and encouraging parents to, to bring them along. Or their parents have been in some challenging situations that has taken them out of the mix. So McDowell, I love your heart for Uh, the foster um, initiative that we're on and to those who were a part of that camp thank you thank you thank you thank you it makes a world of difference now one uh, thing that we want to do this morning and we'll do this very quickly is we want to give you just an idea because it's important for you to know that we don't just go about missions um, haphazardly we actually have a strategy at what we're trying to accomplish. And here are some of our missional focus, and and you and your team of volunteers have put this together. These are the five areas that we're speaking into, both locally and globally. So what are the five areas? So the five
1: areas, at-risk youth, um, community development, do you want to kind of talk through the different ways or not yet? I don't know, yeah. Probably not yet. So community development, uh, the food and water insecurity or food and water crisis, Uh, human trafficking, and the refugee crisis. Those are the five areas that we believe that God has uniquely called us to stand in the gap for.
0: Yeah, and so um, to see some of these, uh, I wanna show you just some of our local and global mission partners, and and then we can talk a little bit about how we might be able to jump in. So here are our local partners. Um, Yeah, just share just real quickly what each one does. Yeah, so Teach
1: One to Lead One is a mentoring program inside of public schools. Uh, Harvest Compassion Center, there's three centers here around the valley, um, and they are a boutique shopping experience for anyone and everyone to get food and clothing, doesn't matter who you are or how much money you make. (laughs) Um, McDowell 127 is our foster care initiative, and so there are a ton of ways that you can get connected within McDowell 127 from picking up a foster box next week, for example, um, to becoming a mentor or going to track um, as well. Um, feed My Starving Children is a meal packing event down in Mesa. Um, it's really cool. You go there for like an hour and 45 minutes, pack a bunch of boxes, and everyone cheers and celebrates, and you walk away sweating.
0: <laughs> and, it, well, and it feeds mm-hmm. it feeds children and <laughs> yeah. families for like a year. What yeah. do you do will feed families it, for, yeah, for a incredible. year. Incredible.
1: And then Streetlight USA, um, they are actively rescuing girls out of human trafficking here in the Valley. Um, They have a really neat relationship with DCS and where like DCS, if they find a girl, they'll send them to Streetlight uh, and they have like a rehabilitation process that these girls go through uh, like 12 to 18 years of age. Um,
0: Well, and and just so you know, a lot of times we hear human trafficking and we think somewhere else, it's in our backyard. They are capturing young girls and boys and using them for a profit in many industries that you would just be appalled at. So it's in our backyard. We want to address that. We want to help um, pull them out and and give them kind of a step up into their lives. And then globally... Um, Here's some things. Dominican Republic, we mentioned that. Honduras, we uh, are beginning a partnership in Honduras. We'll actually have a sister church there that we're going to be working with and a, and a food supply organization to provide every kid who's in that school food every single day. So these kids don't have to go without food. It's awesome. Honduras is a new one. Um, one mission in Mexico, uh, in Germany, Pink Door, which is the human trafficking, mm-hmm. helping women out. Paris, uh, and Lebanon are both refugee crisis cities where there are many refugees coming in. Hey, this is a cool story from Camp Create and missions. Yeah. You helped the kids have a little comp- healthy competition. Yeah. Healthy,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> so they kids brought change in all week. A couple kids brought checks. Thank you for that, Thank you. parents. Um, and. <laughs> And so there was a competition, girls and boys, on who could raise the most money. And
1: yeah, um, the, the the boys were leading every single day except for the last day. Um, the <laughs> the girls brought some brought some heat on that last day. But but these kids, kindergarten through fifth grade, um, and parents, they brought um, almost four thousand dollars. Yeah. Just and it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And so it's, yeah. it's, it's all for one mission. Uh, one mission is down in Rocky Point. Uh, it costs $8,000 to build a house there. And so they almost raised enough to build half of a house, which awesome. is awesome. Incredible.
0: Yeah, so cool. Um, one thing that happened this summer, I'm going to give you, I want to tell you quick, I want to give a shout out to, like, this is our strategy. It's so cool to see people in our church just take it and run in different yeah. places. And John uh, and Daisy Austin this summer to raise money for children around the world, climbed Mount Kilimanjaro.
1: No big deal.
0: No big deal. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, come on.
1: Yeah.
0: So, so cool. Uh, Joe Webb's brother, Mike Webb, actually led this trip and they raised money uh, for uh, about 4,500 kids around the world, 31 different countries. And they did this, raised money, they worked together and they made it to the top of Kilimanjaro, and I asked them, hey, are, are you ready to do it again? And they said, every day except for the last day, because we love oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> and when you get up to that higher level, you lose some, some oxygen levels. Um, so many different ways that you can get involved. We have a couple more global mission trips coming up this fall, uh, one to Mexico, one up north.
1: Yep, to the Hopi, Hopi Reservation. Hopi
0: Reservation. Mm-hmm. Those are community development mm-hmm. and relief uh, t- kind of trips, building building homes. Um, for those of you who enjoy golfing, we have a golf tournament coming up. Mm. And this year, the golf tournament's raising money for two different initiatives of ours.
1: Yeah, two global, one local. One is Harvest Compassion Center here locally. And then globally is the At Home Church in Paris and Hartford Lebanon in Lebanon, both refugee organizations. Refuge- yeah, mm-hmm.
0: refugees. So you can be a part of this. We have some sponsors who have sponsored basically the entire uh, cost of the golf tournament. So 100% of what you give to participate goes directly to missions. Yeah. So nothing is going to the actual cost of golf. That's been covered. What you give to register goes 100% to the mission organizations. Yeah. Pretty cool yeah. uh, that you can be a part of that. And
1: spots are limited.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. sign up. Yeah. Um, all online right now, you can, you can jump in. All right, one last thing, and, and then I'm going to give you a little bit of a challenge. Uh, passage of Scripture in Romans, and a little bit of this can tie in, if you think about it, back to that Micah passage. And here it is, Romans chapter 12. We're told um, to not just go with the flow of culture. It's, it's, it's here. Okay. I'll just read it from here. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even, there it is, without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. So here's the challenge. Many of us just get sucked into the flow of culture, and we just go with the flow, and we don't even think about it. And many of us end up with habits that we would have never picked up if we were intentional. So the challenge here is don't just go with the flow. Instead, fix your attention on God and God will begin to transform you on the inside so that you begin to live differently on the outside. Does that make sense? So don't just go with the flow, fix your mind on God, and then it continues on. Readily recognize what God wants from you and respond to it. Now this is a challenge readily recognize when you see a need do the next right thing respond to it do something about it don't just stand on the sidelines unlike the culture around you which always pulls you back to its level of immaturity here's what i want you to hear don't miss this god brings out the best of you like that's what god wants to do is he wants you to be your best self in the world who doesn't want that who doesn't want to be their best version of themselves like, all of us want that. And so the way to get there is not just to go with the flow without even thinking, but rather to recognize and respond anytime God puts something on your heart. Anytime you see a need, that you just respond and you meet that need. And so here's the challenge, and, and we'll be done for the morning. The challenge is to pre-decide your service. Because if you wait... If you wait, you probably won't do it because there's something better that will come up. Uh, when, when I was in, in high school and I had sports in the summer and I had to work for the season that was coming, if I, just, if I didn't predecide that I was gonna work out and condition, I would just go with the flow. And I wouldn't do anything all summer, which would create a challenge when the season came. I had to pre-decide that I was going to do certain things so that I would be prepared when the time came. We have to pre-decide and not just go with the flow. So here's some opportunities. Join a serve team. We need each other. This church cannot function if all of us just sit on the sidelines. So join a serve team. We've got tons of them. We've got Mountain Kids, Student Life. We've got the worship and production team. We've got all kinds of missions teams on a regular basis. Every serve week, make a difference. Do not sit on the sidelines when serve week comes up, which is October...
1: 21st through the 30th? 29th,
0: something like that. 29th, yeah. yeah some, some, something in there. Last week of October, don't sit on the sidelines. Make a difference. And then here's something that we all can do is Plan your generosity in advance. Make a decision to give and partner financially to further the mission that God has us on. Like, plan that in advance. Don't just say, at the end of the day, if I have some left over, I'll, I'll chip it in. Like, plan your generosity. Just like you plan your retirement. Just like you plan for your kid's college, which if you haven't, like you should, it's expensive, I'm learning. Like pre-plan certain things that are important to you so that you won't just go with the flow when the time comes. Does that make sense? So, what does God want of us? To do the next right thing. To love mercy. To walk humbly. To not just go with the flow of culture, but to fix our attention on him and respond anytime we see a need. And that's how we'll be a church, learning to love. I love this place. I love you. I'm so glad we're on the journey together. It's so, yeah, it's such a great community. Let's stand up. Uh, I'm so glad you are here today. Father God, I pray that you would lead us and guide us as we fix our attention on you. I pray that we would readily respond anytime, that we would recognize and respond to anything that you put in front of us. Help us to love other people in a humble way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.